Welcome to this episode of the Grazing Sheep Podcast. I'm your host, Big Tom Perkins, along with Dr. Cameron Meyerly. And Dr. Andrew Weaver's here with us again today. And uh, those two went out to the center of the nation sale. And the center of the nation is just way too far for this old man to drive. So I could do like a third of the nation sale, but I couldn't go any further than that. So how did that sale go for you guys? Yeah, it was certainly uh, an adventure getting out there, as it always is. Uh, It's something that, you know, when we were both at West Virginia University, we would take Texel Rams out um, to to Iowa. That's in Spencer, Iowa, which is about as far northwest as you can get. It's basically South Dakota. Um, And it's always been a fun trip. Um, You know, the sheep we've taken out have sold well and probably the most rewarding aspect of it is you know we moved a lot of texel rams to a lot of states that were never going to make the trip to to west virginia to pick sheep up um and so it you know it's always been a a fun deal and um yeah the travel alone is is certainly exciting it's about kind of the we've turned jackson town as the central hub for Eastern transport of sheep. Uh, and so the Virginia Tech crew and the NC State crew and then uh, the WVU crew roll on through the, the Meyerly truck stop here in Jacksontown, Ohio, mm-hmm. and load up sheep and, and head on west. So it's about 13 hours from Jacksontown to Spencer, and that's with no stops. Um, and then, Andrew, it's another seven for you? Yeah, probably eight with stops. And actually, eight. I swing through Blacksburg on my way up from Raleigh and, um, you know, help get pick up those animals and, and the Virginia Tech crew. And then we head north. And um, so it's about eight hours total for us to get to Jacksontown there. So um, it, it turns out to be a, a little bit of a haul for us. But uh, it's always an adventure and, and something I certainly look forward to every year. Yeah, and certainly if we're starting with uh, kind of schedule of events or what took place, um, you know, Rusty did a really nice job uh, of coordinating some really good educational materials. Uh, Before those even started, we got there a day early to kind of let sheep rest and uh, get settled in before the sale and made the trip up to Kyle Hurley's, uh, certainly – you know, a young individual that has really jumped in headfirst to the to the sheep game. Uh, and in terms of facilities, you're going to be hard-pressed to find a, another operation that uh, is as well thought out uh, from, a, from a functionality standpoint. Uh, that's always a treat to go in there. You know, he's running, I think, right around 900. Uh, Brett used polypays in an accelerated system. Uh, and I don't know how the guy sleeps because I think every time we're out there, it's like he's got a different kind of side gig going on. Uh, you know, he's he's started dealing advantage feeders, uh, which something, you know, out here in the east we're we're a little bit more familiar with. Um, but I think that, that that has a lot of potential for him and then, you know, has some seed or not seed, but feed. Uh, dealings on the side and then uh, certainly the seed stock aspect of the business is is thriving 
Um, but that's always a fun trip, stopping there and kind of see how those guys are doing it in a confinement situation. You know, if I'm if I can produce corn on those type of acres that they've got out there, uh, you know, product productivity exceeds what I can justify uh, in the soil to graze sheep on. So it makes a lot of sense. But um, yeah, even if yeah, that's always even a if, treat. Even if you're a grass based producer um if you're ever in that part of iowa uh highly recommend that stop um it it's always i think i've been there three times now and i learn something new every time i go and um it is it is a beautiful barn i should say barns plural um the sheep look great um their management system i think is is really um you know they've optimized a lot of things in terms of efficiency labor efficiency sheep efficiency um, it's just, it's impressive. Um, and what always amazes me is the, the, the square footage, the acreage that they're using, um, in row crop ground, um, to contribute towards the sheep enterprise, uh, for having that many animals. It's, it, it's always a much lower number than what I, I feel like it should be. Um, which is, is, is just kind of interesting to think about. It's those corn silage acres that, that convert over pretty quickly. Um, and the other thing I'd commend them on, I don't think I would be willing to have as many people over in the middle of my work day um, when I've got a million other things going on. But every time he has been more than than cordial to uh, to allow us in and allow us to look and you're just very open to to visitors. So, yeah, as Andrew said, if you're ever headed through northwest Iowa, certainly put that on. Put a call into them. Um, I don't care what kind of sheep you're raising. You will go and you will learn something uh, and walk away, walk away with knowledge. But you know, speaking of knowledge, yeah. Next day we got into educational programs, uh, and you know, I gave a talk on feed efficiency and kind of uh, what my dissertation work had been, looking at interaction with some some EBVs and just the selectable metric of residual feed intake and how it has potential to uh, kind of propel us forward. You know, we we're selecting for all of these other things, but we're doing a poor job at measuring uh, those phenotypes on feed efficiency. And, and we need to improve because it has a lot of potential. And then uh, Dr. Bowdridge gave a talk on immunology. Uh, that's always, again, a treat. We talked about his discussion at EAPK. And, uh, you know, kind of breaking the barriers on giving an immunology talk and keeping the audience awake. Uh, and that's probably the biggest takeaway was was just the ability to uh, to keep that crowd involved and and pass on some knowledge, but certainly gave some very intriguing colostrum, uh, you know, circulating antibody type updates on research they're doing there uh, and then i had to dismiss myself with the west virginia crew uh, because of mechanical issues um, and so we'll give a little shout out to garrett vaughn the new livestock uh, judging coach there at west virginia university um, who's now got the nickname of turbo uh, because he spent the entire morning running around uh, middle of nowhere, Iowa, trying to find a Chevy dealership, put a new turbo into the truck. So um, 
pretty fitting nickname, but he might have been the hero of of the entire weekend. But the afternoon yeah. discussions were um, were about genetics and uh, coming out of that lab there in Nebraska. Andrew, you sat through those. Uh, anything intriguing you wanted to share about about that? Yeah, interesting stuff. So the graduate students um, with Dr. Lewis's group and Dr. Uh, Brito's group, um, they're at both Nebraska and Purdue, um, you know, shared some research updates on what they've been working on um, and really interesting stuff on the genetic side, very quantitative genetics um, oriented, um, but some interesting information um, on, on you longevity, um, some of the factors that, um, you know, maybe play into the, the you productivity index um, and maybe some some considerations for the feet glade count breeding value as part of that. Um, and so that was some interesting stuff as well, um, as well as um, um, some discussion on, you know, this, the genomics. And, and I know that's kind of the new hot topic, the buzzword right now in the, in the Katahdin world, especially in sheep in general. Um, uh, we talk about, uh, you know, incorporating genomic data into these genetic evaluations to improve the accuracy uh, of our, our selection decisions. Um, and so they shared some information on, um, some of the genomic work that they're doing and, and, you know, kind of where that might go in the future. So um, some pretty, some higher level talks, um, but certainly, you know, very interesting uh, that afternoon and, um, you know, excited to see where, um, you know, the industry goes on the sheep genetic side of things. Lots of, lots of potential. Yeah. I think those discussions are a lot of fun. Uh, You know, you're in a room with NSIP producers, most of which have been involved for, you know, 20 years, 15 years, have been doing it for a long time. And so just the environment that you're you're sitting in is is kind of infectious. You know, you tend to get a little more excited on on selection and, and genetics. Um, I honestly was just happy that 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 afternoon crew was able to get up after, uh, you know, Bowdridge roasted them all morning. Uh, during his immunology talk, but um, it was it was a good day. But you know, yeah, certainly some good, the, some good fun made of of you know both speaking parties. <laughs> yes, yeah. Between immunologists not being able to keep people awake, and then geneticists not being able to to look at sheep, it was there was some friendly banter. Uh, it was it was fun. But uh, you know, when we're thinking about the sheep talking about the sheep because that's the part of it that's actually exciting and um, what we would prefer to talk about. You know, it is just a, an eye-opening experience, uh, you know, to look at some of these other breeds involved in NSIP and just uh, broaden your horizons on on the sheep industry outside of, of your individual location. Uh, I remember the first time we made the trip out there Far more polypays. You know, I'd seen polypays before. There's quite a few here in the state of Ohio, but um, probably saw that first year, probably saw more polypays at some producers' farms than what exists in the entire state. Um, and it, you know, it's just fascinating. Uh, and then you look at the genetic selection going into the behind the scenes of those uh, consigner sheep and the amount of money that commercial producers are willing to invest in good NSIP polypay rams. Um, I feel that a lot of our commercial sheep producers, regardless of breed, could take a 
take a page out of their book on where they're placing value. And, uh, you know, most of those commercial guys will swear by it because uh, they've seen the genetics work on a large scale. Um, so, it, yeah, it's it's always a treat and certainly fascinating. Yeah, and I, I think this was one of the largest sales they've ever had. Um, and just you think about the quantity of sheep that were there, um, along with the quality, um, both phenotypically and genetically. Um, you know, I think, you know, it it's exciting the direction that, um, you know, the, the seed stock producers are going. And, and it's, I mean, I guess I should say uh, uh, it provides some optimism. Um in terms of the the commercial producer's willingness to, um, you know, invest in some of these high quality genetics to to move their flocks forward, um, and right. I think you know there's there's still room there um, for improvement. And I think you know on the commercial side of things, you know there, I think there's a lot of producers out there that that maybe haven't invested in SIP genetics yet, um, and maybe should consider that. Um, but I think there's a lot of folks out there kind of setting the stage and the tone and um, providing some some optimism and, and reason to uh, to make those investments, maybe pay some premiums for sheep that that have those EBVs uh, for the traits that they're interested in and um, be able to have a, some additional confidence in their selection decisions because they have um, the power of those tools um, behind those decisions. Yeah, I think high selling RAM was polypay, uh, went for six, six grand. Uh, you know, we're yep. sitting there back at the pens and I heard the the auctioneer call out that that six, and I thought he was asking for like sixteen or like twenty six. I was like, "Oh, that's reasonable for for that number cheap." And then uh, realized that he was at fifty nine hundred and asking for six, as in six thousand um, dollars. And it, you know, it's just I there's excitement around that sale ring uh, when those polypay rams run through. Uh, you know, the other exciting thing from a Katahdin producer standpoint, this is the the first showing. Uh, they've had some Katahdins in the past. Uh, I'd say, don't want to offend anybody, but this is probably the first showing in a while of some really good numbered sheep that that made the trip uh, and sold well. So uh, to see to see some uh, you know market acceptability in in the seed stock realm. At a live sale, nonetheless. Uh, I know you guys brought one out from NC State, and that sheep pretty much went coast to coast. Yeah, I was super excited. Um, and we took we took three total rams out there, two Dorsets and a Katahdin, and uh, two of our three rams now live in Washington State. So um, they've literally gone from about two hours from the Atlantic Ocean uh, to within an hour or two of the Pacific Ocean. Um, right. If it had not been for for this sale, I don't think that would have happened. So, um, you know, another it, it's truly the center of the nation. Um, I was talking to uh, uh, the uh, the buyer of one of our rams who hauled the other ram for us as well, um, and and I think we had about equal distance drives um, going in opposite directions. Uh, and so it's a reason really? it, it truly is a, an opportunity to bring folks together from from opposite ends of the, the country, coast to coast, um, bring everyone together um, in a relatively central location and, um, you know, exchange genetics and, and information. And, um, you know, we, we talk about it being a sheep sale and, um, you know, getting these sheep and these genetics moved around. But I, I, I've i come to 
kind of think of it as a, an unofficial like, conference, a meeting point, a networking event for the sheep industry, especially on the production side of things. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, make that trip to Spencer. Um, they put on their calendar every year. Um, they're folks that you probably only see once a year there. Um, um, and it's a time to, to kind of reunite and, and, you know, share stories and kind of get up to speed with everything um, that's going on in, in different parts of the country. So um, that's, that might be what I enjoy about it the most. I mean, I love selling sheep and taking sheep out there to market um, and, and buying sheep from time to time. But, um, you know, I also really enjoy just the, the social aspect as well and, and getting to see everybody that I don't get to see very often. Yeah, the camaraderie for sure is, is certainly a, a high point of that weekend. Um, do you have some sale data you wanted to share? Yeah, so the official sale report uh, came out, um, and and probably the number that is most exciting for me um, that I think shows um, just so much um, optimism for for the industry where we're going. Uh, hundred and twenty head of, of NSIP rams average ten fifty, um, and I you know on, on that many rams to have a, a sale average over a thousand dollars. People are investing in these genetics, and I there's just um, that that's exciting to me. I've said it a lot, but um, I think that number kind of stands out. Um, 83 ewes averaged 488, so yeah, over 80 ewe lambs averaging you know close to 500 bucks a head. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about the lamb market maybe being down a little bit, and and prices not being as good as what they've been the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, you know, over 80 ewes averaged almost 500. So. Uh, people are still investing on the female side of things. Um, flocks are growing, flocks are expanding, and um, you know the industry is growing. So uh, the you know, total of 203 head, um, which I believe this is the first year we, that over 200 head have sold. Could be wrong on that, but um, I think this was the largest sale. Um, $820 um, a head on 203 head. Um, we've started breaking down, you know, breed averages, polypay rams averaged uh, 1184. Um, the Dorset's average actually uh, eclipsed them by just a little bit, by about fifty dollars, fifty sixty dollars or so. Uh, so Dorset how many polypay rams sold though? Fifty polypay rams. So a, a okay, real good number, a, a large number of, of polypay rams there. And like we mentioned earlier, the high selling polypay was six thousand, um, and that sold to 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 Kyle Farms there in New York. So a commercial producer, a very large producer in the Eastern United States. Um, Again, another example of of commercial producers investing in NSIP genetics um, and paying you know pretty substantial uh, money for NSIP genetics because they know um, the value that they have and and what those those sheep with those good EBVs can do for them on the commercial side of things. So um, that's super uh, exciting and um, you know gives me a lot of optimism there as well. And you guys pulled back a or hauled back a pretty decent polypay ram coming you know, clear out to North Carolina. So, I mean, these sheep are going all over the place uh, to improve flocks across the country. Yeah, I was really excited. They uh, um, they shared, you know, the top handful of high-selling rams. Uh, and number four on that list um, was a polypay ram that actually sold to a gentleman here in North Carolina. So um, uh, he actually moved here relatively recently um, and brought his polypay flock with him. And I'm really excited to have him in the state, um, and and you know he's he's investing in SIP genetics, and um, uh, it was it was great that we were able to to help get that sheep back east here, um, and be able to bring some of those genetics um, back to the east coast. Yeah, and certainly 
you know, incentive to buy is if you make the top five, you get a shout out on the grazing sheep podcast. So I don't know what's better, you know, improving genetic selection for years to come or, or the shout out. So I was telling Tom <laughs> yesterday, I even got suckered in, <laughs> I even got suckered in impulse buy ended up with a, uh, Pretty nice Suffolk Ram from uh, from Mint Gold, and you know a place that you know, we've admired sheep from for a long time for their shapeliness and uh, you know certainly you know the growth aspect. And uh, Tom, I think you'd mentioned you got some interest running running a terminal sire on that kind of bottom end set of ewes that. Um, you know, maybe shouldn't be producing your replacement ewe lambs, but have a lot of value, very functional ewes, have a lot of value uh, raising those terminal lambs to generate improved profits uh, to the commercial industry. Yeah, we're so excited we're, to try that ram out. Yeah, he's he's impressive. Uh, we're a fan of him, got him for a steal. And if you know me, we wouldn't have bought him if he wasn't a steal. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's one of those things. You know, we're gonna try it first and see if we like it. And certainly, some some high powered Suffolk sheep selling out of that sale every single year. Um, and the numbers that those Suffolk guys keep, uh, well, guys and and gals uh, keep bringing to that sale just blows my mind. Um, and certainly, you know, there's some some new NSIP producers that have really bought into the number side of things. Uh, you know, there's a gentleman here in, in the state of Ohio that I've been fortunate enough to work with that, you know, brought some, some very, very high powered uh, carcass type sheep um, growth type sheep that, you know, went then went all over the country to, uh, to be terminal sires. You know, that's what they're breeding them for, but, yeah, it just blows my mind how much growth uh, we're sitting there kind of discussing afterwards at the pens that, you know, oh, he's eight months old. He weighs 240 pounds. And it's like, well, that's two Katahdin ewes. Yep. And they're, you know, it took them 14 months, 15 months to get to that size. Um, it it just blows my mind. Um but yeah, it, kudos to those guys. But anything else on the list of of sale sheep worth noting? I know some Dorset sold very well in that sale. Um, yeah, the Dorset sold real well. Um, Dorset Rams, twelve Rams average twelve thirty seven. So they were actually the the high selling breed. Um, now, granted, there's a, a few less of them than the poly pays, um, but some Dorset sold real well. And and you mentioned, you know, maybe a shout out to the top five. Um, you know, I listen to some of these other podcasts, maybe more related to the the show world, and they give some shout outs to maybe top five or top 10 exhibitors um, at different shows and such. And I think it might be fair to give a shout out to uh, maybe the top five high selling Rams. Um, Go for it. They're here in our official sale report. Um, so our high seller, we've mentioned a couple of times already, uh, was a Ram from Van uh, Rokels, um that sold for 6000 in New York. Um, our second high seller was a Hugendorn. A uh, ram, another polypay that sold for forty four hundred uh, to Minnesota. Um, our our third high seller was a big prairie ram, another polypay that sold for four thousand uh, to Kentucky. 
Um, then our fourth high seller would have been a Repshaw Ram, uh, the Ram that I mentioned, another polyped that, that came back here to North Carolina uh, for $3,000. Uh, and then the the fifth high seller, um, and actually our high, the high selling Dorset, uh, was from the Musi family of Michigan, um, sold for $3,000 uh, to a family in Iowa. So, um, yeah, there's your top five. So uh, four polypays and a Dorset. Um, actually, if you want to throw in um, the the sixth and the seventh high sellers, we have a, a Hampshire Ram um, at sixth from Iowa State uh, that also sold to Iowa. Uh, and then a Suffolk Ram uh, from the Rao family uh, that sold for 2500 uh, to Nebraska. Uh, and so um, that rounds out uh, your high selling Rams there. Um, but, you know, certainly... Um, you know, high value individuals uh, across multiple breeds um, that are going into a variety of different operations for different purposes. But I think each one are going to fit that purpose very well. So is the color of their face correlated to how much money people will spend? You know, I a, a year or two ago, there was a sophogram. I I don't want to say an exact value because I feel like I'll get it wrong. But, um, you know, I want to like say 7200. Yeah, somewhere in that that ballpark. Um, there's a Suffolk Ram that sold for for big money. Um, you know, very high high numbered sheep, uh, very high quality. Um, and so, uh, I think it doesn't matter um, what breed or um, you know, what color they are. I think if they're if they've got some value and and the right folks are there, um, you know, they're going to go for for good money. Agreed. Well, certainly appreciate the the rundown and as always it's a fun trip if you have the time or or just want to experience it um you know i would highly recommend you know that sale whether it's in an online capacity or or in person um and certainly they they did not ask for a a shout out um and andrew you you're even wearing the swag today um but that pl auctions crew you know were responsible for that live sale um you know old slate farm and ourselves just got done with an online sale not too long ago um certainly if you are looking for a place to promote your breeding stock um cannot say enough enough good things about um you know what that team of people are are doing and again you know a set of young people that have kind of jumped in head first um to do this on a whim and and I hope it's paying off for them because I know we in the industry really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, certainly, certainly take a look, take a look into there. If you're looking to promote some livestock, we need to get Tom on there next year and you can buy some, some grass fed lamb out of that deal and go from there. But, but yeah, so it was a fun trip as always. And, uh, Certainly wanted to share just experiences, what that sale is, uh, and and opportunities maybe in the future for additional consignments from wherever you're at in the country. Uh, I think that sale could probably handle a few more sheep because they've proven year after year they can get the buyers there uh, to to get those sheep bought and then shipped all over the country. Yeah, I think and there's been you know the the Katahdins have come back into the discussion. Um... You know, there's a couple of Katahdins, like you said, a couple of few years ago, and and they sold all right. Um, and honestly, you know, we have our Katahdins down here, and and the Center Nations sale was not the first place that I had in mind to market those sheep. Um, I kind of thought it was it was more of a Polypay, Suffolk, Hampshire, uh, Dorset type market. 
Um, and um, I guess my mind is changing. Um, after seeing this year, there was more Catans that sold this year, maybe than ever. Uh, and certainly with more than there's been in the last few years. Um, and it, it, they sold well. And, um, you know, I, I think we'll we'll end up taking Catans back out there next summer. Um, there's more and more Catan sheep working their their way further west and further north. And um, there'll be buyers out there that may be interested in some genetics. Um, and so uh, we'll be, um, I'll be interested to see where that goes and and, and see where the, the Katahdin numbers um, turn out over the next year or two. Um, I think there's some potential there um, to increase that market with that breed. Um, I think the polypays will continue to remain strong. Um, that you're kind of in, um, maybe the capital of, of poly pay world. Um, if you want to say, uh, out in that part <laughs> of the accurate. country, that is um, accurate. and so it, that sale, it, it's always been a good poly pay sale. I think it'll continue to be, and there's, um, the best of the best and the, the poly pays, I should say, um, show up there. And so, um, you know, that, I think it's always exciting to see them and I, we don't see a whole lot of poly pays in this part of the country, but I think, you know, the Katahdin side of things, maybe there's some room for growth. Um, we'll just see how things go. Well, we thank you for listening to another episode of the Grazing Sheep podcast. Uh, it was fun hearing about the Center of the Nation sale. Maybe one day I'll get out there. But yeah, tag they'll, along they'll, with us next year. It's just, I mean, it's a short it drive. Closer. <laughs> we bring lots of snacks. We had plenty of snacks, um, drinks. I probably drank more caffeine and Mountain Dew than I have in my life um, over that week. But uh, we made it back to North Carolina in one piece. Well, you, a lot of caffeine, a lot of side-of-the-road bathroom stops. You may have yeah, just I talked me into you. it with the snacks. I'm all about the snacks. We, yeah, we only had well, to sleep in the, the trailer one night, so it really wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, it sounds good. Well, listen, it was great catching up with you guys. Um, as always, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do that by contacting me at bigtomperkins at gmail.com. And... Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun listening about that sale. You guys have a great day. We'll catch up with you later. You too, too, um, All right. Bye.